Hello ako si Judes Gavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rappler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga maiinit at mahalagang issue sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rappler's Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang guilty verdict sa cyber libel case laban kay Rappler CEO at Executive Editor Maria Reza at dating researcher writer na si Rinaldo Santos Jr. Ano ang implikasyon nito sa press freedom? Journalist lamang ba ang apektado nito? Kasama ko ngayon si Lian Buwan, ang justice reporter ng Rappler, para liwanagin ang bawat punto ng desisyon at bakit ito mapanganim sa demokrasya. Hi Lian, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you Judas for having me again. So I think for my first question, can you first give us a background of the case? The case involves a story that was published on Rappler In May 2012, the complaint was filed five years later in October 2017. The first subpoena from the NBI was sent in January 2018, which was the same month that Rappler was shut down by the SEC. Tapos isang taon siyang inimbestigahan ng NBI, preliminary investigations sa DOJ. And then on February 13, 2019, Maria Ressa was arrested. And the trial began July of that year. It finished around in eight months, one of the fastest trials we've ever seen. And on June 15, uh, Maria Ressa and former researcher writer Reynaldo Santos Jr. were convicted of one count of cyber libel imposed with a penalty of 400,000 in total damages to the complainant Wilfredo King. And as the rules of court allow, Maria Ressa and Ray Santos do not have to go to jail, so they enjoy a temporary liberty until the Supreme Court affirms the conviction as final. Uh, before tayo mag-dive into the details of the decision, ano yung muna siguro yung laman, yung storing question here? Siguro ano lang yung details? And right. I wanted to ask, ano pa kaibahan ng cyber libel sa libel? Okay, first on your first question, Ray Santos, one of the investigative reporters ng Rappler, he's no longer with Rappler now, did a story on the conduct the late former Chief Justice Renato Corona, who in that year had just gone through an impeachment trial. So he was ousted. His story was about how Corona was using um, vehicles of influential businessmen, potential litigants in the court. So it raised questions about the ethics of the former Chief Justice. And Ray had found this vehicle. And through his investigative work, he had found that this vehicle was registered to the businessman Wilfredo Ken. And of course, to provide a backgrounder of who Mr. Ken was, uh, uh, Ray did some research and found old articles in Philippine Star that linked Mr. Ken to a murder case of a counselor in, back in 2000. And dun sa mga hindi familiar with how journalism works, Kapag kasi ang isang storya ay pinagtulong-tulungan ng maraming reporter, sometimes you have a byline, which is the main author of the story, and then you have taglines, meaning these are reporters who contributed to the story. So Ray's story had the tagline of the late Aris Rufo, also one of the investigative reporters of Rappler. So Aris found and sourced an intelligence report that described Kang as having been involved in illicit activities. So... Five years later, in 2017, Mr. Kang filed a, com- a cyber libel complaint against Ray and Maria saying that his characterization in the story defamed him, injured his reputation, and things like that. And the court sided with him in that aspect. On your second question, basically the libel 
is um, libel is one that is published and you defame the person, you injure the reputation of a person, and cyber libel is just the same thing as libel except that it is on cyberspace. It was committed through the means of a computer system to use the language of Republic Act 10175. All right. And I believe may mga accusations yung Kengkap, di ba, na sila ba sa kaso. And can you tell us ano yung mga accusations sila? And ano yung defense naman ng accused ng side nila, Maria Ressa and Ray Santos? Right. Um, siguro unahin ko muna dun sa factual disputes of hmm. the case. So the, the story was published in 2012. In 2012, Ray did not get uh, Ray had called Mr. Ken before publishing the story. Mm-hmm. Um, in t- from 2012 to 2016, he didn't hear anything from them. Um, in mid-2016, when Ray already left Rappler, Mr. Ken's lawyer reached out to Rappler about the 2012 story. And at that point, it was already four years old and Chief Justice Renato Corona had already died. And so what Rappler did was asked, parang ano ba yung clarification na gusto nyo? And uh, the, the camp of Mr. Kang gave Rappler a certification from PIDEA that said Mr. Kang did not have any derogatory report in the agency. Kasi yung intel report ni Aris described him as having been linked to drugs. So Mr. Kang provided a PIDEA certification na wala naman siyang derogatory record sa PIDEA. And, uh, Ang kinocomplain ng camp ni Keng is that despite giving a PIDEA certification, Rappler did nothing. Na hindi nila tinake down yung story or hindi nila kinorect yung story at hindi siya nagpublish ng clarification. So that's, that, that is the factual dispute. So the legal disputes of Rappler was that Libel should prescribe only in one year. So, dapat isang taon ka lang pwedeng magsampa ng kaso for libel. So, if the story was published in May 2012, hanggang May 2013 lang dapat pwedeng makapag-file ng libel si Mr. Keng. And another legal dispute was, uh, the article was published May 2012. Wala pang cybercrime law noon. Because the law was enacted only in September 2012. So, four months before. And no penal laws can be applied rep- retroactively. So those are the legal disputes of Rappler's lawyers who said that this case shouldn't even have prospered in the first place. And take note also that the prescription period was the basis of the legal department of the NBI to dismiss the complaint at first. So dinis- but they were over- the legal department was overruled by the bureau's leaders who decided to transmit the complaint to the DOJ and then the DOJ found probable cause to charge uh, Rappler, um, Reza, Maria Reza, and Ray Santos. Great, Arian, tanin ko lang, bakit in-overturn ng bureau heads yung earlier decision? Well, we do not exactly know why the bureau leaders overturned the legal department. What we know is that ang basis ng legal department sa pag-dismiss ng complaint at first is that they believe that libel should prescribe in one year. And we see naman from the indictment of the DOJ that they believe that cyber libel prescribes in 12 years. So this is um, the first time that we see that interpretation na in stretch yung prescription period from one year to 12 years, and the court decide, uh, eventually upheld that theory of the DOJ. And so now, the at least the precedent we can say that we have now is that cyber libel prescribes in 12 years, meaning 
sa loob ng labing dalawang taon, pwede kang makasuhan ng libel for something that you wrote. Or published online, even if you're not a journalist. Ian, for the benefit lang siguro yung mga hindi aware sa legal terms, ano yung meaning ng prescription period? In American jurisprudence, this is statute of limitation. Parang hanggang kailan ka pwedeng sampahan ng kaso para sa allegedly krimen na ginawa mo. So, yun nga, yung dispute is that it should be one year. Ibig sabihin, isang taon ka lang pwedeng kasuhan. Pero with the DOJ theory being upheld, Within 12 years, pwede kang kasuhan ng cyber libel. And if tama ang aking reading, no, parang hindi in-honor or hindi pinansin yung ganyang argument ng defense ng korte, one of the uh, decision yun, di ba? Can you tell me ano yung iba pang laman ng decision? Right. Um, so yung, def- yung argument ng defense na it should, have, it should prescribe in one year, Mm-mm. at the onset of trial... Dinanay na yan ni Judge Reynel de Estacio Montesa. Ito kasi it was included in Rappler's motion to quash, but uh, she denied it. But Rappler's lawyers were hoping that she could still revisit yung kanyang ruling, but she did not change her mind. So that was one of the what that was one of the legal legal issues that were decided by Judge Montesa. The other was yun ngang retroactivity, kasi paano mo if fall under the cybercrime law, ang isang istoryang na-publish before the enactment of the law. But um, in February 2014, uh, a Rappler reporter just spotted na yung istorya ni Ray had a typo. So yung evasion na E-V-A-S-I-O-N was misspelled as E-V-A-T-I-O-N. Mm-hmm. And sa Rappler, kasi hindi ka pwede basta-bastang mag-edit ng na-publish na ng isang editor. So, the reporter had to get the permission of the editors to say, Oi, meron po tayong typo on this 2012 article. Can we correct it? And so they said, yes, of course, we can correct it. So pag tinignan mo yung website natin, kasi sa website natin, every time may change tayo sa backend, nagre-reflect siya na updated. Uh-uh. Even though it's not really an update. It's just how our, C- our CMS, our, our backend works. Uh-uh. So kapag tinignan mo yung article ngayon, it says updated February 2014. So, ang sabi ng DOJ, because in update nung February 2014, that's a multiple publication. That's a republication. And using um, jurisprudence from the Supreme Court, they said, a republication constitutes a separate offense for libel. So, dahil pinublish mo ulit, essentially, nung 2014, edi covered na siya ng September 2012 cybercrime law. And that that theory also was upheld by Judge Montesa. Those are the legal issues. So parang basically they're saying na itong 2014 na update is technically a new article. Tama ba? Yes. Yes, that's what they're saying. And Rappler's lawyer, Rappler's lawyer led by the former Supreme Court spokesperson, Ted Te, uh, tried to argue that kasi... Yung theory of multiple republication, this is included in a decision matagal na ng Supreme Court about a libel case na ang punto ay jurisdiction. So parang sinabi doon ng Supreme Court na multiple republication um, constitutes a separate offense for libel. And um, Attorney Te was pointing out that because our libel laws are based on American jurisprudence, sabi ng American jurisprudence, if there was no substantial change to the article, then it's not considered a republication. And so, he was saying that typo lang naman yung kinerect. So, uh-huh. it was not essentially republished. 
the decision of Judge Montesa said she was not convinced na typo lang talaga yung kinorek. Um, because once she said, Ray didn't go on the stand to say that and that Maria didn't go on the stand to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense to, of Rappler to that was, first of all, Ray did not, well, Ray was not the one who spotted the typo. Mm-hmm. So, he couldn't have known. Kasi wala na rin siya, parang hindi, wala naman siyang kinalaman sa pag-correct ng typo. Kasi hindi siya kasali doon. So, hindi niya rin naman masasabi yun. And Maria was not at all a participant in that story. Yeah. Parang uh, Rappler was trying to argue during trial na Maria's role as executive editor is not really of the day-to-day. She's the CEO. She runs business. She's accountable to the board. She doesn't edit. She doesn't mind stories. Lahat yan ay um, jobs ng managing editor and the investigative desk head. So, yun yung pinatry nilang si Bian. And who was put on the stand was si Ma'am Chai Hopilenya, who edited the article of Ray. And she said na it was another reporter who spotted the typo and we gave her the permission to correct the typo. But eventually, Judge Montesa said that um, Ma'am Chai's testimony was hearsay. And also, Lian, isa rin part na nakita ko is parang naging point of discussion din yung role ni Maria as executive editor, no? Uh-huh. Ano yung parang sinasabi ng decision regarding dito? Right. Um, so, in trial, the lawyers of Mr. Kang uh, was trying to prove that, to use their words, the box stops with her. The box stops mm. with Maria. Oh. And during trial, Ma'am Chai Hopilenya was saying na that's really not the case because sa newspaper kasi, it's the editor-in-chief who's really like um, the last decision before you put the paper to bed, parang ganon. In a, in a news organization like Rappler, which is like a new business model, Mm-mm. wala talagang role si Maria as executive editor in the day-to-day. So that's what they were trying to explain. Mm-mm. And we know that. I mean, all Rappler reporters can attest that Maria doesn't really handle day-to-day, di ba? Yeah, it's usually Ma'am Glenda, our news director, si Miss Gigi Go, the desk editor, si Ma'am... Yung nga, si Ma'am Chai and everyone. Maria, no. Not, not at all. But the judge said in her decision that the naming of Maria's role to be executive editor as opposed to editor-in-chief was, a, to quote her, a clever ruse mm. to evade liability and accountability. But put that also in the context of, ako, ah, halos lahat ng nakita kong libel cases naman was kasali talaga up to the last chain of command, kumbaga, mm-hmm. di ba? Uh-huh. Parang meron pa nga dyan, dinadamanda pati yung publisher nung, mm-hmm. nung newspaper na wala naman talagang kinalaman sa mga storya. The question here is, parang, why Mar- just Maria, di ba? Uh-huh. If you were gonna try to sue the whole chain of command, then you should have sued the investigative desk head, the managing editor. Mm-hmm. And I watched uh, the interview of Kang's lawyer, attorney Ryan Cruz, on One News, she uh, he was asked that by journalist Ed Lingao, and he said na, attorney Cruz said na, originally they wanted to sue the whole board of directors. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why he said board of directors, yeah. oh. um, as opposed to just the editorial board. So I don't know if they're aware na merong editorial board na ang board of directors do not care about <laughs> The editorial work of a newsroom. I don't know if they're aware of, but anyway, he said he wanted to. They wanted to sue the entire board of directors, but it was the DOJ who said that probable cause only exists with Maria and Ray. 
bago kita tanongin about what's striking for you, ano yung reaction ng mga legal groups, particularly legal groups kasi yun ang beat mo sa decision na to, particularly dun sa mga legal points na nilabas at tinakal ng decision. Ano yung reaction ng mga legal groups, lawyers? To quote retired Supreme Court Senior Associate Justice Antonio Carpio, the prescription period is, to quote him, the overriding issue in the decision. And that's the common thread among legal groups. Uh, sobrang, uh, as in, isa, i- isa lang sila nang sinasabi. Mm-mm. That cyber libel, cyber libel's prescription period is one year, not 12 years. And they're saying that Judge Montesa was wrong and uh, the decision to say that um, cyber libel prescribes in 12 years is unconstitutional. Syempre, there, there would be a longer discussion on the factual disputes on whether there was malice. Yung ganun, and maybe you can ask me that later. But yun nga, sa Justice Carpio said, the overriding or the most glaring issue of this decision is that cyber libel should prescribe only in one year, not 12 years. And for you, ano yung striking sa'yo sa court decision na binasa mo ng Monday? Ano yung parang nagulat ka siguro or you think na may malaking effect in the long run? Same. It's the prescription period. Because I remember when Maria was arrested noong February 13, 2019 and we couldn't get... She, nung, nung inaresto siya, wala siyang hawak na charge sheet eh. okay. She doesn't even have the resolution of the DOJ. So we were all at a loss of why she was charged and why she was um, arrested. So, nung binigay sa akin ng um, legal team ng Rappler yung resolution nung February 13, 2019, glaring sa akin yun na parang, oh wow, they found a way to stretch the prescription period to 12 years. And that's actually my story that day. And uh, I, re- I really um, pressed uh, the Justice Secretary, the DOJ spokesperson of parang whether this was an affront to press freedom. Kasi imagine parang, now you'll be scared na, oh my gosh, yung isusulat ko. Ten years after kung napikon sa akin yung subject ng sinulat ko, pwede niya akong kasuhan ng cyber libel. Kasi uh-huh. 12 years yung buhay, yung shelf life ng cyber libel. So, just as the legal groups, the 12-year prescription period is really um, the most uh, glaring uh, thing for me. But it also won't just impact journalists, no? Kahit anyone who posts online, lalo lang ngayon sa Facebook, social media. Can you explain bakit naging 12 years yung prescription period niya? Alright, sige. Okay, this is gonna be a long explanation. So, bear with me. Bear with me again, listeners. So, under the Revised Penal Code, which was enacted in 1930, libel prescribes only in one year nga, diba? So, parang, you can only be sued for libel within one year. So, nung pinasa yung cybercrime law in 2012, yung definition ng libel doon, actually, it has no definition of its own. It just says that libel under the revised penal code is also libel under this law, but one that is committed through a computer system. Hmm. Parang ganon. Pero, um, the tricky part kasi is that the cybercrime law was silent on the prescription period of cyber libel. Wala siyang sinabi at all kung ano yon, kung ano yung prescription period. So, dun nagkaroon ng opening yung DOJ na, okay, hanap tayo ng prescription period. So, they found uh, a pre-war law. It's uh, called Act 3326. So, ito again, uh, mahaba, mahaba ulito. So, sa cybercrime law, it says, lahat ng counterpart 
crime sa revised penal code, dadagdagan natin ng penalty one degree higher. That means na kung liable under the revised penal code is punishable of prison time up to six years, dahil one degree higher na sa cybercrime law, ang cyber libel in the cybercrime law is now punishable by a prison time of up to 12 years. So, nung nahanap ng DOJ itong pre-war law na Act 3326, it's a very, very, very short law na ang sinasabi lang na, okay, para sa mga special laws, including the cybercrime law, special laws are laws that are not the revised penal code, kumbaga. So, sabi ng Act 3326, ito yung pag-special law ka, ito yung mga prescription period mo. And it said na kung yung crime is punishable by prison time exceeding 6 years, then 12 years yung prescription period. Eh dahil nga ang cybercrime law, ay cyber libel, tumaas na siya to 12 years. Ibig sabihin, it, it has exceeded 6 years. So then, 12 years na yung prescription period. Gets ba? Okay, so ganun. So that's the theory of the DOJ. So ang contention at opposition ng mga legal groups, including Justice Carpio, is that mali yung interpretation ng, ni, ni Judge Montesa. Pag binasa mo kasi yung decision ng Supreme Court upholding cyber libel as constitutional, sinabi niya doon na, quote, cyber libel is not a new crime because Article 355 of the Revised Penal Code already punishes it. In effect, cyber libel merely affirms the online defamation constitutes similar means for committing libel. So the lawyers are saying, sinabi ng Supreme Court, to quote them, it's not a new crime. So if it's not a new crime, then you must adopt the same prescription period than that of the Revised Penal Code, which is that it prescribes only in one year. Tapos yung point pa ni Congressman Edsel Lagman is that dapat Judge Montesa was guided by a principle which says in the interpretation of law on the prescription of crimes, you use the prescription that is more favorable to the accused. Mm-hmm. That is the guidance of the Supreme Court. Now, obviously, hindi finalo ni Judge Montesa. And to quote um, the concerned lawyers for civil liberties, it is patently unconstitutional. And Justice Carpio agrees, law deans agree, law groups agree that cyber libel prescribed only in one year. Actually, ang daming nangyari na legal, ang daming parang naikot na mga legal terms, ang daming parang umikot na mundo, nag-upended na mga beliefs ng mga lawyers biglang nabago dahil sa decision na to. I want to ask, how do you think this will impact yung ordinary citizens na hindi journalists, hindi lawyer, hindi writer? Kasi how will they care, di ba? Okay, um, to provide the background, there were a couple of journalists, um, three. Tatlo na yung kaso ng cyber libel, cyber libel conviction before Maria and Ray. And two of them were convicted not because of a story they wrote. They were journalists, ha, but they were convicted not because of a story they published on their website or on the radio or whatever, but because of a social media post. So it just goes to show that you don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be published on a newspaper or to have aired on radio or on TV. Mm-mm. You just have to have posted something so that your Facebook counts as publication. Your Twitter counts as a publication. Your blog counts as a publication. And so if you wrote something 12 years ago or 10 years ago and 7 years ago, 
that um, somebody thinks that that was a defamation or injured their reputation, then they can sue you for cyber libel kahit na ang tagal-tagal na nun. And another warning from lawyers is that, for example, um, you wrote something in the newspaper 20 years ago or 30 years ago. At tapos yung newspaper mo, digitized your article. Na-republish yun. So, marireset yung clock. Mm. sa 12 years. So, kung hindi ka naman journalist, uh, maybe you uploaded something that you wrote on a paper or maybe you were videotaped 20 years ago and that video was uploaded on Facebook. Yung mga ganon. That can be used to say that your libelous post or your libelous content was republished and therefore the 12-year clock is reset. And so that opens you up and makes you vulnerable. To be sued for cyber libel. Yeah, and you don't even have to post against the ruling administration, no? Kahit against someone, nagalit ka, or yes. even after this administration, if ever there's a new administration with, that will come in, even after this administration, pang may bago ng regime or administration, and in the past, you posted something against them, possible ka mahabla dahil dito. And um, not just uh, when you post something against a politician or a public figure, be mindful more especially about your posts against a private person. Because as what we saw in the conviction of Ray and Maria, the judge said, and she has basis naman for this, it, it's, it's in the cybercrime law, malice is presumed if it's against a private person. So, di ba, lagi natin naririnig yung the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Yeah. So, dapat prosecution yung mag-prove na malisyoso yung sinabi mo. But because it's a private person, it was readily presumed that you were malicious because it's private. Yeah. And Rappler was trying to contest that. that yeah. The story was imbued with public interest. The story was about the Chief Justice and not Mr. Kang. Mm-hmm. And even though there was some characterization of Kang there, it was characterizing him as this businessman who has transactions with a Chief Justice. And so that is imbued with public interest. But uh, And the uh, Rappler's lawyers also tried to argue before the court that Yung dini-dispute ni Mr. Kang is an intelligence report that mm. came from a government agency. Yeah. And so that is a public document. Mm-hmm. So why why should malice be presumed? Lalo na nakalagay sa Article 354 of the Revised Penal Code, a defamatory imputation is presumed to be malicious, even if it is true, except mm-hmm. if, number one, if it's a private communication, or number two, if it's a faithful report of an official communication. So Rappler was saying, the intelligence report is an official communication and Ray, the Ray story, was reporting on that official communication. Therefore, it is an exception to the rule that malice should be presumed. Pero hindi sila kinatigan ng korte and the court said, malice is presumed in this case because um, Mr. Kang is a private person. So yun, kung meron kang mga content about private people, um, yun, um, I guess there's the chilling effect. Parang I'm reminded of the many times na journalists have reported on private individuals with connection to government officials in the Philippines, diba? Like we saw this Ako. during the ERP administration, may ganyan. Yeah. And then this would present more hurdles to journalists. Yeah, I think so. I mean, diba, the pork barrel scam, the mastermind yeah. is a private, the alleged mastermind is a private person. Diba, diba parang 
di ba, kinisuhan din ng libel si uh, our former reporter, Natasha Gutierrez. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the complainant was Jean Napoles, the daughter of Janet Napoles. Where she's saying she's a private person. But if you're the daughter of an alleged mastermind and that Natasha has found documents that said some of the properties named after her could have been properties na sourced from the pork barrel, then the story is now imbued with public interest. And actually, when, when I was reading the decision, I, was, I, I had the decision in my phone nung nagpapapress ko si Maria sa Rodriguez Hall ng Manila City Hall. Nag-flashback sa akin lahat ng report ko mm-hmm. on complaints against private people. Kasi I cover the courts and um, syempre yung, yung isa kong beat ay anti, uh, the, the corruption beat. So like most of that are public officials. But my other beat is like the, the RTC, which is nationwide. Um, most of these complaints are against private people. So, parang napaisip ako, shocks. Mm. Uh, pag kinasuhan ba ako ng cyber libel ng mga to, will malice be presumed because um, they are private people? Even though my source of information is a complaint, a court case, which is public record, supposedly, ba? So, Doon ako na, ano, na, na, doon yung chilling effect. And I like the question of Channel News Asia's Buena Bernal, who's also a, a former justice reporter of Rappler. Uh-huh. She asked nung press con na, what does this mean for investigative journalism in the Philippines? Kasi, paano na yun? Dahil tricky nga naman yung sa storya ni Ray because it was a confidential intelligence report. Kahit buhay si Sir Aris, never niyang sasabihin kung kanino niya kinuha yung intelligence report because that's just the rule, di ba? We uh, never divulge our yes, sources. Never, uh, we will take it to our graves, uh, di ba? Kahit makaganyan. So, when I was asking, what does this mean for investigative journalism? I mean, tas binasa ko yung, yung decision ni, ni Judge. It doesn't, discuss or take into consideration, oo nga naman, paano kung confidential yung information? Is that still covered by privileged communication? Ano nang mangyayari? Kasi everyday we see reporting and many of the most impactful reporting in the Philippines and in the world are confidential information. Parang ano, no? Parang yun sa akin hindi niya diniscuss parang it might lead to more problems pa kasi left to interpret yung mga tao eh. Oo, yun yung nakakatakot. And to quote the Consortium on Democracy and Disinformation, sinabi nila na Judge Montesa failed to understand how journalism works. And that's actually one of my challenges in trying to explain this decision to people who are not journalists and are not familiar with how journalism works. Kasi to the outsider, madali nga namang sabihin na, eh kasi bakit kayo nanira ng tao, ba? Oh, oh. Masama nga namang manira ng tao. Mahirap i-explain na, you know, journalism's role is really adversarial. Diba? Parang journalism's role is really to find crooks and not saying anybody is a crook, pero parang yun talaga yung role ng journalism and that people will say, dapat ang report nyo lang on record, quotable, something that is attributable. That is really a total misunderstanding of how journalism mm. works because wala namang matinong tao ang mag-on record ng something na ikakasira niya o ikakasira ng ibang taong malapit sa kanya o ikakasira ng isang taong influential, ba? Kaya nga tayo naghahanap lagi ng confidential sources and confidential 
information and much of the yung nga ulitin ko much of the most impactful reporting in the world are for from confidential sources for example the watergate scandal all yeah. of those are anonymous sources diba, that led to the resignation of president richard nixon and yung reporting on the pentagon papers that uh the nixon administration also wanted to hide but the washington post and the new york times published it kahit patrinetan sila ng Nixon administration na we will hold you for contempt if you publish that. And, you know, that moved the world in that time and it inspired journalism um, even up until today. At yun nga, yung, yung example mo kanina, reporting on the Arab administration, the Hello Garcia scandal yes, of President, oh. President Arroyo that gave birth to the landmark case Chavez versus Gonzalez, diba, na talagang hailed as one of the decisions of the Supreme Court that really protected freedom of speech that came from the kind of journalism that reports on a confidential information, an information that politicians do not want you to publish, but you would publish because, again, to quote my favorite movie, to watch the, the post, um, the, the only way to assert the right to publish is to publish. That's what Rappler did. Shalian, what's next for this case? What's next for Maria Ressa and Ray Santos? I know, di ba, sabi mo kayo na hindi sila didiretso sa kulungan. Pero mm-hmm. ano yung next steps na gagawin nila? Well, um, Attorney Ted said they're still studying their options. Pero like, ano naman to, appealable all the way to the Supreme Court. I don't know how, what their next step would be. Kasi pwede nga mag-MR muna kay Judge Montesa or pwede dumiretso na sa Court of Appeals. So, but you're you are looking at possibly years or I mean at the very least one year of of appeal of an appeal period and only when the Supreme Court uh, says that it's final would they be sent to jail but I mean that's not belittling the impact on this on Ray or Maria because yeah. they're now convicted right? they have uh, they're now convicted they they're now barred from going abroad although pwede naman silang mag petition for travel authority mm-hmm. na in the in the cases I've covered lahat naman pinapayagan ng travel ng travel authority pero malaking court. bond yan no pero malaking bond yon so it's the inconvenience and parang just imagine when Ray applies for like a government ID or whatever meron na siyang tag mm-hmm. na parang diba yung mga government paper na sapilapan mo na have you ever been convicted tapos tayo parang no, no, no. They would have to check yes. Yeah. Sa NBI clearance niya, meron na siyang hit. Diba? Oh. Parang, and for what? For for reporting on an important, for an, on an important story and uh, this conviction has given ammunition to the critics of not just Rappler but of media as general na parang forever na yung nakatatak sa kanila na oh, you are a convicted criminal. You're a convicted cyber libel criminal. So, kahit hindi sila nakakulong, that's a big blow to the reputation of those two journalists and of Rappler and of media. But, I mean, everyone is hopeful that this would just encourage every journalist in the Philippines to push harder. And also, diba parang this is just one of the many cases against Maria Ressa and Rappler? Yes, she has eight. She has eight criminal cases. 11 in total against Rappler if you count the administrative cases. Mm-hmm. Not the, that the least bit important is the looming shutdown order yeah. on Rappler na, na, na pending pa rin sa SEC. So we actually have a shutdown order over our heads. 
for my last question. So, dito na existential question ko, kailangan humugod ka kung saan. Uh, where will you place this decision in the bigger picture of Duterte's Philippines? Parang, you have your podcast, The Law of Duterte Land. You talk about how the Duterte administration handles the law. So, pag yung context, and then the context of the attacks of Duterte against the media, where will you place this decision? In the overall picture of what I said in the first episode of my podcast, that there seems to really be a war on the law. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's not me saying that. I mean, I do not base my opinion just from my personal feelings. These are collective opinion of the best legal minds in the country mm-hmm. who are in one in saying that these decisions are repugnant. Yung para ganun, na hindi nila matanggap. Uh, starting with the Coaranto, Void Abinicio, Martial Law, and so many things that uh, the, the, the spate of warrantless arrests that everybody is just up in arm against na parang hindi yan yung tinuro sa amin sa law school. Mm-hmm. And the same, re- the same strong reaction is being seen uh, towards the interpretation of 12-year prescription period of cyber libel. So I would put that in the smack of a pattern, kumbaga, of a pattern of the judiciary under this administration that seems to have waged war against the law. So on that note, this has been a hard week for us, or not just Rappler, but also media and also... Yeah, media in general. Also the law groups na left with this kind of interpretation of the law that I'm sure you never pumasok sa isip na ganito ang patutunguhan. But like oh, you said... Nga, ang, ang joke ko nga sa mga magte-take ng bar, sigurado ba kayo yung nire-review nyo sa bar? Yun pa rin yung tamang sagot, ba? <laughs> to quote uh, NUPL President Edre Olalia, this administration has reinvented the law. Sabi mo, it's not yet over. Hopefully, pwede pa nilang itaas to sa CA and basically sa Supreme Court. So, let's see siguro kung ano yung magiging decision doon and kung mm-hmm. they will just echo what the court said regarding the case against Maria Ressa and Reynaldo Santos Jr. And yun nga, we'll continue to hold the line and defend press freedom. So thank you yes. for joining me today and for explaining the decision, yung mga nitigbiti, kung bakit yung impact nito hindi na sa journalists but also the public. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook pati na rin sa Twitter. If you want to get access to exclusive content and events, join Rappler Plus. Plus, is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. Sign up by visiting rappler.com slash plus. Kung meron ka naman gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, email us at investigative at rappler.com. Again, I am Judas Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.